Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm Stacey Bellward, your host. Happy to be here with you again today. You know, before we get started, have you heard that Connected Families is having live conversations with people in our community on a new social media app called Clubhouse? We are loving connecting with people like you, answering questions, talking about what's real, and celebrating with each other. We would love you to join us. There is more information in the show notes about how you can be a part of that. Well, today, Jim and Lynn Jackson, co-founders of Connected Families, are going to join me at the mic to tackle a topic that we get lots of questions about. This topic comes from parents of very small kids through middle school and even older. Together, we are going to talk about when kids get violent and especially when kids start to physically hurt their parents. Well, hi, Jim and Lynn. Welcome to the mic. <laughs> Hello, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. We're a little we're a little timid about this topic already. <laughs> we're timid because we get a lot of questions, and it's hard to sort out how to best help parents because there's a big picture in play and a little picture in play. Right, and there's a lot of emotion around it. The number of questions we get mean that there's a lot of really discouraged parents about this topic. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do when they see this kind of aggression in their homes. It's all ages of kids. And so we really feel like the Connected Families framework and what we have to speak about in terms of violence in the home with their kids, we have something to offer today, don't we? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I hope so. I sure hope so. We absolutely do. Let's just get started with kind of the big picture that Connected Families brings to really all conversations. So Lynn, why don't you start off, you know, with what is the big picture approach that a parent can take when they see these things happening in their home? It has to start with our foundation because it is so anxiety-producing, shame-producing sometimes for parents when they feel like, I've got this aggressive child. What did I do wrong? Or what's wrong with my child? And beliefs about ourselves as parents and about our kids can just spin off in really unhelpful directions. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think our spiritual enemy, Satan, takes those and and jumps on them Mm -hmm. and and fills us with discouragement about this. And so to start with really receiving God's grace for us as parents in this is vital so that we can trust him in this challenge to gradually grow peace in our homes and to bring his grace and mercy into the worst situations Mm -hmm. is the healing source that can begin to change that big picture momentum. So that's a starter. And we've seen parents who have been able to get a hold of that grace and truth with their kids, and it is such a game changer in helping these really, really struggling kiddos. I love that. And I don't think it's in the new version of the online course. I say that even though the new version's been around a few years now, but the way back when, Jim and Lynn, the first one, back when I wasn't even working here, I remember you saying something like this. It was the image of Jesus doesn't leave us when we're sinning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as you talk about grabbing onto God's grace in those moments, that's what I think about. Like I have to almost have a picture in my mind. It's that Jesus is right here in the middle of the room, you know, even if there's shoes flying, Mm -hmm. even if there's toys, you know, coming towards my head, Jesus is right here with us. And that's the picture that I grab onto when I need to grab onto God's grace. And, you know, unfortunately, as it relates to the conversation of what should I do when my child is, you know, about to swing a baseball 
smell bad at the front door mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. You know, getting a hold of that truth is a tough thing if we haven't done our preparation, if we haven't understood that this kind of thing is happening and I need to do some work privately with the Lord so that I can be more ready to be a dispenser of God's grace, wisdom, and truth at times like this. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if your child is about to raise a baseball bat to break something or hit you with their fists or, you know, there's imminent harm to be done. Yeah. We just have to do what we need to do to stop that this time. Yeah. Because protecting your child from that harm, protecting whatever's going to get harmed from that harm. Yourself. uh, Including yourself is really important. Mm -hmm. But what we see parents do is they get into a habit of stopping it now and even getting effective tools for stopping it now without doing this deeper layer thinking that we're going to invite parents to do some of today that then prepares a parent to come into that next situation with a new ability to stay graceful, to stay calm, to empathize with and connect with their child, maybe even step back a little bit if they can, if it's not such a dangerous situation. A lot of the violence that parents intervene with, sort of with their own form of violence, doesn't need to be stopped immediately. You know, words, when words are flying, we don't don't have to deal with that this second. Okay. Even if we're afraid that it could 30 seconds from now go into being physical, what do we do to get some sense of presence so that we can step in with a new sense of something that our kids recognize and understand is more for them than against them? Because that's what most of our interventions tend to communicate to our kids is that I'm against you. You're a pain. You're a problem. I got an email from a parent this morning who wants to send the child to boarding school because of the difficulties of the child's outbursts. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the message the child gets, even with that language, is, is that I'm I'm not worthy. I'm not loved. I don't matter. You just want to get rid of me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so often the efforts that we put into stopping violence without us thinking about it communicate these messages. If we don't start thinking more broadly about what's going on and get more proactive, and that's what we want to help with. Lynn, I have to ask a question right there. I want to deal with it immediately in a way that communicates I'm for you, Mm -hmm. but you've just said I need to stop the violence. I need the baseball bat to stop getting, you know, (laughs) doing damage. But Jim, you said something about I react with my own form of violence. Okay, so I need to know right off the bat, like what's a framework good way to stop the violence right away? Well, I had my first experience with this working with high-risk teens who frequently would threaten one another, who would position themselves to be violent. I dealt with violence on occasion and I was prepared for that. So I knew what I was getting into. And so if child A, you know, if teenager A was ramping up and getting ready to go after teenager B and I was there to see it, I would get big. Hey, 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 hey. I got to match that energy. But can I calm back down immediately? Because that's, you know, that's critical. So, hey, hey, hey. Whoa. But you, you already have a calm heart when you're doing that. You have well, big somewhat energy. calm. <laughs> but I'm prepared. Right. I've trained myself in my mind and even in conversations with others for this moment. And it's, hey, 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 now. Whoa, whoa. I move slowly, arms at my side, start to smile a little. Whoa, no, oh, oh, if there's more movement, then I move a little quicker to get in the middle of it. You know, many times I was in the middle of two young people who were about to swing at each other, and I was willing to take one for the team if I had to with this heart of for you, grace, calm, presence. Most of the time, these teenagers would recognize right in my initial big, but then back down right now approach to mm-hmm. this. Number one, I was strong, I was confident, I could manage what was about to happen, but then they would settle. And then I literally would move in. And if it was about people, I would stand between people. I can really only think about one incident when it was with things and it was rock throwing and it was a little hard to explain at all. But I I did the same thing. Whoa, wow, big feelings right here. Breathe with me, man. 
And so would this work with small kids too? Yeah. And when they're coming at well, the parent, like with, you know, some toy right. and they want to smash it against your face and, you know. So, Lynn, like I'm thinking about little kids, right? And I, in, you know, like the grabbing of the wrist too tight, maybe, you know, that's maybe a little bit anger. Where's yes, the balance right, between right. I'm calm, you know, I'm safe and loved, but I'm trying to keep you safe. It doesn't feel safe to have to grab them and mm-hmm. take the toy away because they're going to hurt me with it. Right. Just a little trick about grabbing. Instead of grabbing something out of a child's hand, you can bend their wrist and that releases their grip. And it's easy then to get something dangerous. Bend it forward down. Naturally loosens the fingers. OT Um, lessons for violence prevention. Yes. Right. So just (laughs) bend that wrist down, not cocked up. And that can help. But that's just a little side tangent. The basics is to try to wrap the child in your arms, facing away from you so they can't bite or pull your hair or whatever, and in a hugging type hold with their arms across their chest. And then just, you know, be repeating calming words. You're so angry. You are so angry. I understand. And just holding them in, you know, really praying for God to communicate love to Mm -hmm. you. And I have seen parents do it. It is not easy. Mm -hmm. But I've seen them hold kids in ways that the kids do feel loved. There's an example right here that I just, I have a story from a parent. The only effective way we've seen so far in these situations of physical aggression and throwing things when he will not stop is to sit on the floor with him in our lap and hold him, which still leads to him trying to punch, kick, bite, spit, scream, pull hair until he eventually calms enough. We try to reassure that we love him and we are trying to keep him safe Mm -hmm. from hurting his relationships with others in the family. I want to add a thing here because I still have this question lingering in my mind that you asked a minute ago, Stacy, or two, <laughs> is how do we not do our own violence? It's, so much of this is about kids' perception. So what Lynn yep. just described could be done in a gentle and a graceful way that yeah. is a for you sort of a way, and it could be perceived by the child to be violent. If I'm angry, if I'm anxious, if I'm frustrated, how many times do I have to tell you if we get that urgency in our voice? Then the child all of a sudden switches in their brain, I'm in trouble, I'm in danger, as opposed to I'm being protected. And it's our job to train their kids at times like this that they're being protected, that God's protective presence never leaves us. Mommy or daddy's protective presence won't leave you. I'm here, I'm with you, I'm for you, it's going to be okay. I'm hugging you. I'm squeezing you in a way that gives you freedom as you can use it well. I've found out ahead of time maybe some things that might help you calm. Where do I rub your back? How do I stroke your hair if I can? So, you know, Some kids are very aversive, especially light touch at times like that. So it's got to be deep pressure touch. What's the deep pressure touch? Grabbing a wrist is a threatening, violent mm-hmm. sort of an act most of the time, unless it's to help a child release something that's of danger. And then you, you grab the wrist. You're still firm. You look at the child. It's okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to get through this this time. You'll gently bend the fist forward and take the fork out or whatever mm-hmm. the, is in it, that, that hand. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay this time. We're going to set this over here. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 come here to me. Come on yeah. back. You're not ready yet, are you? It's okay. Breathe with me. Oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. Breathe with me again. Oh, this is so hard. I love you so much, honey. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. I know we can. You've gotten through it before. I know you can. (laughs) There was a a mom of a a young child. I think she was actually getting like up under the six to seven-year-old range, though, so still would have really explosive outbursts. And she said to her mom one time, it's like, Mom, I'm so glad that you're my mom because not very many other parents would know to hold me when I get really upset. (laughs) So her mom was able to do these restraints in a way that communicated 
said that I mm-hmm. really do love you. I understand how hard this is for you. Yeah. And that was like a connective thing for that daughter that taught her security. My parent is strong enough to take my anger without mm-hmm. responding in kind. And yeah. that's Jesus' strength. Oh, that's really good. My parent is strong enough to take my anger without responding in kind. Responding the same way. Same way. I love that. Well, I knew that the way that you would answer this is our our foundation, is Mm -hmm. coming at this in a safe way. And so I have so appreciated this start of our podcast. We're going to move into a commercial right now. But what I'm hearing in my parent role, (laughs) all of the people in our community that are listening, is it's got to be so hard Mm -hmm. when all you did was ask your child to do something they don't want to do. And then it's violent. And this happens every day or multiple days. That feels really manipulative. And so we just need to address that after the break. Are you ready to parent more peacefully? Do you find yourself feeling angry a lot? Well, we have a new five session online course that will encourage you even in tough times. The course is called Grace and Truth for Moms. And it is a core teaching that comes out of the foundation for our parenting. Grace and truth are essential for us to be safe parents. The course is presented by Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, and covers these topics. What is real truth? The real truth about me, the real truth about my kids, holding on to truth, even in hard times, and fighting the accuser, and actually lots more. Grace and Truth for Moms was made for small groups, whether that's you and a friend or a larger group that you are leading. When you register for the group, you have immediate access to all the online videos. This course takes little to no preparation on your part. No extra materials are needed. Your group members will be given forever access to the online material at no extra cost. Just press play and feel God's grace. Lori, mom of three, said this after she went through the course. God spoke to my heart, showing me how I have subconsciously been believing lies about myself and my parenting. I realized that I've had a goal of becoming some sort of perfect parent. I needed to let go of that goal and just rest in the truth that I'm doing my best and I will never be perfect, but Jesus is perfect. I hope you registered today. All the information about the Grace and Truth for Moms online course is in our show notes or go to connectedfamilies.org. Okay, Jim and Lynn, we're back after the break. And as I promised, I'm thinking from the standpoint of all the parents, and I'm thinking about the parent who, you know, it was just normal routine in the day and the child doesn't want to do it. And the reaction of that child then is big, 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 even violent. And, you know, they might come after the parent or sibling, and it's just for normal things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How am I to understand that and deal with that as a parent? There's usually a lot going on in those situations. It's probably a sensitive, intense child that is more internally anxious, and he's sort of he or she is barely holding it together in life in general. A lot of anxiety under the surface. Anger is a lot more comfortable, safe-feeling emotion than anxiety. 
And so kids will quickly default and shift from this underlying pool of anxiety and stress to an anger response because they feel more in control. So it helps parents to understand that so they can start to just pray about, Lord, what might be so stressful for my child right now that small requests are so difficult? There can also be a dynamic of the parent is tired, and as soon as the child gets upset, they get what they want. And then that can perpetuate a cycle as well. So it's complex. It's multifaceted. Another key piece is if kids don't have the language skills to express their frustrations, then they just Mm -hmm. default to physical aggression because they just can't pull together those thoughts. And they may be pretty articulate when they're calm, but that in some kids, their language capacity can just go offline when they start to get frustrated. And so that's another real piece that can complicate this. But it's very important to ask, what does my child really need to grow beyond this response? Which requires a new lens for parents. Mm -hmm. So our work is to develop a lens of compassion versus a lens of anxiety, a lens of resentment. We've talked about this a thousand times. How many times? No, no, don't you rant. You know, it's like, what do we, the parent, need to do to get to a place of understanding all of this child's issues so that we can be compassionate for this child's struggle? That's a spiritual work. That's a difficult work. That doesn't happen today for most parents. That happens over time as we keep working on asking ourselves the right question when this sort of thing is going on. Did I act out of compassion or did I act out of frustration? Because if I act out of frustration, then my child perceives that as a I'm against you sort Mm -hmm. of an action. If I can act in compassion, the more that my actions out of compassion can land on my child, the more they're going to start to believe like that mom in the first half Lynn talked about. Mom, you know how to calm me down. You're a mom who knows Mm -hmm. how to hold me. That was a mom who didn't just decide one day, oh, I'm going to hold him different. I'm going to try harder. That was a mom who did the work Mm -hmm. away from the violence to come to a place of compassion, a a place of having a a new lens for how she was going to deal with this. And it's really a lens of how might the very spirit, presence, and power of Jesus engage with this struggling child right now? And how can I put skin on that for this moment? That's hard work. That doesn't happen in a day or a week most of the time. We need help with that. But what you're saying, Lynn, is so right on. It's like, what is that anxiety about? Mm -hmm. Anxiety blows into anger quickly for young kids especially. And being compassionate Mm -hmm. is just so critical. Probably every parent has had a time when they responded in a way that they really didn't like it. And I say this in my Grace and Truth for Moms talk. Two different times where I whacked a child in the face because I was so exasperated. I was a bubbling pile of need under the surface Mm -hmm. when I chose to do that. So there's a double element of I made a choice to do something aggressive, but also I was just stressed, exhausted, frustrated, overwhelmed, anxious, all those things. I was a bubbling pile of need that lashed out in aggression. So we can put our focus on trying to put some consequence in place for the aggression, which often makes things worse because it discourages kids more. Or we can try to sort out what is in this bubbling pile of need in my child and how can I begin to work with that and begin to give them the skills that they need, maybe skills of flexibility or understanding their feelings when they're upset or problem solving or empathy for others. We've got lots of resources on these to help parents. But that's when I see the shift begin to happen in families. All of those things make me feel a little overwhelmed as a parent. Where do we start? Empathy, Mm -hmm. emotions, 
you know, what are all these underlying issues? You know, um, I'm already a parent who has a lot, probably too much going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I just need you to get to bed or <laughs> I just need you to pick <laughs> your toys and I can't, I don't have time for this, yeah. you know, big outburst right now. So, you know, breaking it down, where would you suggest a parent to start? I think in dealing on an emotional level with their kiddo and really working on the feelings awareness piece. Because, you know, the research scientists that have studied aggression, they pretty much agree that when parents can come in with strong empathy, sincere empathy, Mm -hmm. not, I know you're frustrated, but you need to put these Legos away. That's not sincere empathy. When parents can come in with sincere empathy and begin to help the child verbalize what's going on for them, that is probably the best starting place. Mm -hmm. So do we need to do a tiny role play? What would that empathy look like if we had a seven-year-old who had a, you know, a coffee cup, he had a hot chocolate or something, and he was ready to whip it at mom? So before we do the role play, I want to even narrow what you just said a little bit further, because I think in concept, it's right on. But so very pragmatically, where do we start? It's by finding some phrase Lynn, you call these truth phrases, a truth phrase of compassion for Mm -hmm. my child. Mm -hmm. What is true about this child in this struggle Mm. that would be true to God as well as it is to me that could feel like a compassionate sort of a thing? What is that phrase? And can I work that phrase in my mind and in my spirit so that I'm ready the next time there's a blowout of some kind? Lynn, if you've done that as a parent, you know, I'm little Jimmy, who's, how old did you say I am? Like eight. (laughs) Seven or eight. And I'm going to throw a a mug of hot chocolate because I'm mad. So, So clearly, if by seven or eight, I'm at a place where throwing a mug of hot chocolate in the house is something that's in my repertoire, there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of heaviness. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stuff going on in me, for me. And, you know, Lynn has been, you know, all the things you said, overwhelmed, exasperated, it's hard, but you've done some things to start to try to come to me different so that you're for me, not against me. What's the phrase that you might have rehearsed that you can say out loud to me at a time like this with big energy if needed? I think probably just what you were saying. If you have such big, angry feelings right now, mm-hmm. you are so angry and that's so hard to be that angry. Yeah, we don't need to role play. <laughs> <laughs> so she's affirming, acknowledging my anger is real. Yeah. That's huge for children to know that you're validated. Even if the feeling that you feel is a feeling that's too much for a situation or unwarranted or whatever, I get it, Mom. You think I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. Mm -hmm. Help me understand that you know what I feel Mm -hmm. is huge. So parents, identify what is that big, strong feeling. Can you say it out loud in a compassionate, empathetic sort of a way toward your child? Rehearse it when you're not in the heat of the moment because you'll probably need it in the heat of the moment. Your child is not going to magically build new pathways in their brain for this by you starting to learn some things. Mm -hmm. So that's how you build new pathways. A leading neuroscientist has said that the amygdala, which is the heart of the fight or flight center, the amygdala's job is to immediately discern, am I dealing with a friend or a foe? And if we come in with an agenda to try to dominate or control our child, we're immediately in the foe camp. If we come in with an agenda to understand my child, that can put us mm-hmm. in the friend camp and can de-escalate. 
And there's so many different people that have researched this and written about it. Mm -hmm. But that starting place of really stepping into the child's shoes, even if you think they're irrational right now, what is it like to be that child and to be overwhelmed with life and maybe to have a perfectly behaved sibling that makes them feel terrible about themselves or whatever it is. So I'm thinking triggers and I'm thinking taking a step back and that whole idea of control. So was it that the child was told to do something they didn't want to and that felt controlling to them. So then they launch into, you know, violent activity, violent behaviors Mm -hmm. or reactions. Is that kind of control bad? The parent telling the child to do something. Well, if you know that that child is going to quickly go into aggression and you do the same thing that you did yesterday that triggered them to do that, then it's time for some fresh thinking. Okay. Right. You know, that's what I was going to say. Is it bad? Is it wrong? That's a binary way to think about it. I don't know. The truth is, I don't know if it's bad or it's wrong. The question is, what's your experience tell you? Yeah. If your experience tells you that that's not helpful, then it might be time to discover and try something different right. until you land on a new effectiveness. And here's what happens is that a certain set of parents will hear this teaching and they'll say, I tried that compassionate stuff and it didn't work. The goal of compassion is not to get it to work. If it is, your kids will smell that a mile away as manipulation. The goal of compassion is to develop a new heart of compassion for your child. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And when you do that, you can speak out of it. Out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouths speak. And if I develop a heartfelt compassion for my child and some phrases that can go with it, it can become more natural for those phrases to to come into play when they're needed most. I can also use those same phrases when I'm tucking my child in or when we're dropping them off at the school or the child care or when I'm leaving for the day. You know, we can use those same phrases all over so that we can convince the child that they're loved, that they're valued, that they matter, that Mm -hmm. we are working to understand them. But, you know, then there's that group of parents parents who do this and their kids are still struggling. For us, I think the answer is then keep trying something different, a new phrase, a new way. And honestly, every professional you talk to, including Lynn and I, will say, if it's too hard and you've got this heart of compassion Mm -hmm. and you know you're doing the best you know how to do, you're not alone. There's people who can help you. We're here to help parents through this stuff. There are pastors, there are spiritual directors, there are therapists Mm -hmm. that are available. The younger the kids, and, you know, maybe even I would take that qualifier off. When our kids are struggling, it always helps us to get some help. We want to send our kids off to stuff (laughs) and have them get the help. But if they get the help and then they come back into the same environment and the same sort of practices, it's not going to help them make the progress unless we're learning and growing in new things ourselves. But sometimes professional help is needed and it's okay. And that's part of what community is here for. That's good. We're coming to the end of our podcast today. I wonder, Lynn, if you could just do a wrap up or a summary of what we've talked about today for parents. Yeah, I think, you know, certainly it so starts with what's going on with us and refusing the shame that can come the shame and discouragement that can come with having an aggressive child and leaning into Jesus' love for that child and for you and leaning into hope. May the God of peace fill you with all hope as you trust in him Mm -hmm. so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. To have hope in the face of a situation like this requires that we lean into our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit and that he is at work in our family. Mm -hmm. And then to make sure that your heart is really connected to your child. So often, aggression is a cry for help. 
and for connection. And so leaning forward in connection in those times and then helping your child to verbalize those difficult feelings outside of that time, in that time, walking in empathy because that's what represents Jesus. And then equipping them with the skills that they need to begin to choose different responses and to have wiser choices than aggression with skills of flexibility and problem solving and the things that they need to begin to overcome this because I don't think your child wants to spend their life being an aggressive kiddo. Mm, Good. Any final words, Jim? I agree with Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) The work that Lynn just mentioned is so important. Mm -hmm. You may need to develop a truth phrase for yourself, too. You know what? My child is not a reflection of my value before God. God, your presence hasn't left us because of Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. You are with me. You won't forsake me. And literally commit those ideas to memory and Mm -hmm. repeat them throughout your day so that you're ready when you need them. And we love producing these podcasts that I just know are just filled with practical tips for parents. But I would just like to add in James when it says that we can ask for wisdom and he will give it to us. And so for all the parents listening who are feeling exasperated and we know that you've gotten help from this podcast, but Jesus has so much more and he can give you ideas and wisdom for what's going on in your home and in your child. Thanks, Jim and Lynn. Hey friends, if this topic struck a chord for you, we have a lot of free resources on our website, including an anger ebook that you might want to go and find. Well, we want to hear from you. What did you find helpful from today's episode? Let us know by sharing a comment. We work hard to make these podcasts practical and relevant to what parents are facing today. Please subscribe and leave a review so other families can find us and learn how to parent with peace and connection. Next month, we will be hearing from Jim Jackson and Chad Hange as they celebrate fathers and discuss topics relevant to dads. For more information about Connected Families, go to Connected connectedfamilies.org. See you next time.